Hello and welcome to the movie's past and present podcast. It's August 24th, 2020, and this is episode 51. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just on my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. Theaters in the United States have started to open, and we actually had a new movie last weekend. <laughs> and shockingly, it was the number one movie of the weekend, too. <laughs> um, it's it's an action thriller called Unhinged. It's from Salsa Studios and Ingenious Media. Uh, Unhinged was directed by Derek Borta, and it stars Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Um, and... Uh, the, the summary says it's a timely psychological thriller that explores the fragile balance of a society pushed to the edge, taking something we've all experienced, that is a road rage, to an unpredictable and terrifying conclusion. Rachel, who is played by Karen Pistorius, is running late to work when she has an altercation at a traffic light with a stranger, again played by Academy Award winner Russell Crowe, whose life has left him feeling powerless and invisible. Soon, Rachel finds herself and everyone she loves the target of a man who decides to make one last mark upon the world by teaching her a series of deadly lessons. What follows is a dangerous game of cat and mouse that proves you never know just how close you are to someone who is about to become, get ready for it, unhinged. So, I I haven't seen this movie yet, and I'm probably not going to, (laughs) but... uh, Still, yay hooray for some new movies coming out. And uh, Unhinged is rated R by the Motion Picture Association for strong violet content and language throughout. Speaking of new movies, we've got some new movies coming out this weekend that I'd like to talk about. And also some stuff, again, an important thing that's happening next weekend in theaters. Mostly... I'm just hoping that that these theater openings will be handled responsibly by the theater operators, which they appear to be, and that people are just going to be able to stay safe and are going to be able to start uh, going back to the movies on, on you know on a more regular basis, and again just with an emphasis on 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 safety. So uh, next weekend, as in August 28th, we've got two releases. <laughs> That uh, that are finally opening. Both of these had been scheduled to open up uh, previously. This particular title, The New Mutants, was supposed to open up like two years ago, and it got pulled from the schedule. It's it's from 20th Century Fox, and uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, it got pulled just because of of the Walt Disney Company buying the buying the studio, and and it just got kind of tangled up in in uh some of that stuff with the purchase of this uh, of the studio and then uh it was scheduled to be released uh, this past spring and then you know th- the world got canceled including the release of the new mutants so finally 20th century studio fox now rebranded as 20th century studios under the ownership of the Walt Disney company is releasing the new mutants and uh, uh i'm going 
it's it's typically not my kind of sort of thing. Let me read you. Let me tell you this description. It's it's an original horror thriller. You know, horror movies are you know are fired as far as I'm concerned. Um, set in an isolated hospital where a group of young mutants is being held for psychiatric monitoring. Uh, now, mutants should say this is this is all about uh, X Men mutants, and so this this is this is part of the Marvel. Uh, you know, X Men uh, group of group of characters. Um, so I digress. But when a, when strange occurrences begin to take place, both their new mutant abilities and their friendships will be tested as they battle to try and make it out alive. So it it looks creepy, but uh, I'm just so stoked to be able to go see a new movie. So I guess you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. The New Mutants is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association for violent content, some disturbing and bloody images, some strong language, thematic elements, and suggested material. Uh, wow, just my kind of movie, right? So, uh, also opening on Friday, August 28th, is uh, an art house movie from Searchlight Pictures called The Personal History of David Copperfield. And it's a reimagination of the Charles Dickens novel and it's a, it's an ode to grit and perseverance. uh, The marketing materials say, and it's directed by Armando Iannucci. And uh, the, it's just saying that it's, it's, it's a, it revisits Dickens iconic hero hero on his quirky journey from impoverished orphan to burgeoning writer in Victorian England. Uh, I love Dickens book David Copperfield and I you know I'm I'm really excited to see this I've got a ticket to see this too so so uh the personal history of David Copperfield is rated PG by the Motion Picture Association for thematic materials and brief violence also of note and uh, this will be happening before I get another podcast out but finally Warner Brothers film Tenet is going to be opening in theaters starting next week in in markets that are ha- that have theaters that are open, and so uh, you know this this is a big splashy super expensive um, original sci-fi action movie that is directed by Christopher Nolan, and it uh, you know it was really anticipated to be one of the biggest films of the summer, and kept getting moved. <laughs> Uh, again, just because of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and, and, and theaters just weren't open. And so uh, Warner Brothers finally, you know, got, is, is opening it. And it's opening internationally and uh, next week. So starting August 31st, on so August 31st, September 1st, and September 2nd, which are a Monday, Tuesday, and a Wednesday, uh, there's going to be advanced screenings of Tenet in IMAX theaters and in other theaters in, again, in U.S. markets that have theaters that are open. So check your local theater for details on this if you want to see it a little early. And then and then it's opening uh, widely uh, on September 3rd. So I don't know about these advanced, how many markets are getting this advanced screening. It's happening in Salt Lake City. You know where I'm based, and so uh, 
I'm I've got my ticket and I'm excited. I'm excited to go. Uh, Tenet, just just to give you know just a little summary in case you haven't seen the preview. Although the previews don't say much other than it just looks like it's going to be you know stylish and epic. Christopher Nolan and there's some sort of thing going on with with uh, time of you know time forward and backwards or something. Um, it stars John David Washington. And just as a bit of trivia, you know, John John David Washington is the son of Denzel Washington. Just saying, um, he's the protagonist in in the in Tenet, and uh, armed with only one word, Tenet, <laughs> and fighting for the survival of the entire world. Um, the protagonist is, you know, again John David Washington, he journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Not time travel, inversion. That's what the uh, the press materials say. So I guess we'll be learning more about this inversion that, that that's going on in, in, in Tenet. And I'm just, again, feeling very grateful that we get to go back to the movies and just hope so that, that we can, that, the hope that we can all do so safely. So, just as a recap, uh, new movies are Unhinged, which opened up last week, and then this weekend we've got The New Mutants, and The Personal History of David Copperfield, and then Get Ready for uh, Tenant, finally in theaters, uh, starting in August 31st, as a, in an advanced screening, and then September 3rd, uh, in wide release. week there are two films i'd like to talk about that have recently made their debut on the disney plus streaming service first up is the documentary howard which is about the life of lyricist howard ashman now i think we kind of know the end of this story clearly uh sadly howard ashman uh died of aids in 1991 and um this movie, of course, addresses that, but really, it's it's overall really quite a, a a joyful portrayal of of Howard Ashman's very creative life. It uh, it's written and directed by Don Hahn, and Don Hahn is a longtime producer at the Walt Disney Studios. And he had a front row seat to all of this. He was the producer of 1991's uh, animated feature Beauty and the Beast. And that, of course, was was a film that, that Howard Ashman was working on with his uh, writing partner, composer Alan Menken. And uh, anyway, Don Hahn has, has a nice touch with this and, and just talks to a lot of different people. That were that worked with Howard Ashman as well as just that just knew him. Uh, talks about his childhood and and again his 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 early career working in off Broadway and uh, 
kind of the highs and lows of of some of his of his of his professional work. They, they talk about a musical, and then I just don't really, really remember much about this it. called Smile, that that Howard Ashman collaborated with um, the great composer Marvin Hamlish, and I guess it, uh, the show was a disaster. <laughs> um, but anyway, that you know, it's it, it, it's unflinching, it's honest, it's heartfelt, and. Uh, although it's, it's tragic, mostly just, I mean, it's, you know, of course it's loss of life. And then, um, I think honestly, for me, one of the things that's, that's, that's just the most sad about Howard Ashman is that right in the prime of his career, you know, his, 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 his life was cut short. I just can only imagine the, um, the creativity and the wonderful things that, that, um, Sadly, he just wasn't able to do in this life. But uh, Howard, I think, is if you're if you're uh, if you're a fan of of, of uh, Disney animation and also just of, uh, of Broadway and of just of well-made documentaries, um, uh, I think Howard is is, is definitely recommended. Uh, I also watched a new film on Disney Plus called The One and Only Ivan. Now this was actually another one of these Corona nineteen things. Um, I guess it, you could call it a casualty. It was scheduled to open up in theaters this summer, and they uh, opted Disney opted to put it straight onto Disney Plus. And after having seen it, I, I frankly think that that was a good it was a good decision. This is a really interesting film. It's a family friendly comedy drama. Again, perfect for. Perfect for Disney Plus, and it's based on on a, on a on a true story. Even though, of course, this story takes takes a lot of liberties, and we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, it it tells a story about this domesticated um, silverback gorilla, and and this gorilla, uh, I think due to due to due to some tragedy, I think I think his you know gorilla parents were killed. But these uh, humans took this gorilla in, domesticated him, and then and then he he lived for many years in uh, a mall in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Again, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, it was just kind of like you know, I mean, it was he was at the mall, but the, so so the mall in a way was like serving as a zoo. Uh, but he got. The story got turned into a book from renowned author Catherine Applegate, and uh, it was a it was a number one New York Times bestseller and also a winner of the Newbery Award. Uh, and uh, anyway, I, I I haven't read 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 this book, although uh, I'd like to, and I'm, you know, and I'm planning on it now after having seen this film. But so it's inspired by this true story of this captive gorilla named Ivan. And 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 it's told from the point of view of Ivan. And so, what the filmmakers decided to do was, uh, they they they, uh, it's it's a combination of live action and, and computer generated imagery, and and all of the animals. So so Ivan, and then he's and then he's got there are some other animals that are 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 in, in you know this kind of zoo environment at the mall uh, with him. Uh, are are all uh, voiced by uh, 
well-known actors, um, and and also, but also there are actual you know actors in in the film that are uh, you know that are just playing themselves. So again, CGI imagery has been inserted into the uh, into the mix. So these animals are voiced by Sam Rockwell. He's the voice of Ivan. And then uh, Angelina Jolie voices Stella the Elephant. Helen Mirren has, is a voice, Danny DeVito. Um, anyway, Shaka Khan, <laughs> of all people. Philippa Sue, who, who uh, played Eliza Hamilton on, on uh, you know, in, 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 from the original Broadway cast of Hamilton is, is in it. And... Uh, you know she's she's awfully good, of course in Hamilton and um, anyway. But the main the main character, the live action character, is played by Brian Cranston, and he's he's the one who who uh, you know plays the man who domesticated Ivan as well as um, you know r really runs this runs this mall show, and it's kind of like a circus is how they portray it in this movie, is that. That Ivan and all these animals are part of part of this uh, part of a circus. So um, they get as part of their troop a baby elephant um, whose name is Ruby. Ruby is voiced by uh, a child actor named Brooklyn Prince, and uh, Ruby is just not doing great in this in this. Um, kind of zoo slash circus slash performance environment. And uh, the animals decide to try to break her out. And uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give any, any spoilers, but that, that kind of really drives, drives the plot. Uh, it also turns out that Ivan uh, can, can paint or draw. And so, so that that kind of adds adds in into it too. I thought that overall the film was was charming. Uh, for me, that I, I had I had issues with the pacing. Thought it, I thought it was particularly um, I, or overly slow. So again, I, I hate to rip on that because again, I, I'm not necessarily the target audience for this. And I think that that probably many children would would be quite enchanted by it. Uh, the voice actors that they picked for the animals again, as I mentioned, were were terrific. But honestly, I think some of the stuff that uh, probably one of the main issues I had with it is just it reminded me so much of last year's uh, CGI remake of The Lion King, where you know the the CGI is really good in that. These animals look very real, and the way that they're integrated into the live-action environment that they're placed in is flawless. It's seamless. It really looks like they're there and that they're doing it. But uh, the because of just the animals looking so realistic, it's hard to pull out. I think some emotion. I mean, they try these anime. I think again, the CGI is very good, but they're they're um, you know they're they're just looking like these wild animals, and and 
I just didn't feel like that you can't get the emotion in the art that you in this CGI style that you can get in uh, even in you know just something that's a little more I mean, dare I say cartoony even if it is done CGI but I was just thinking wow what if what if Pixar had taken a stab at this and made it into a Pixar style film rather than something that this 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 combination of live action and CGI anyway um, uh, enough about that but but the one and only Ivan it's decent I didn't think it was great uh, I uh, I gave it three out of five stars uh, again it might be something that that, that, your, that your family will enjoy but I really am intrigued about the book and and I'm excited to uh, to be reading reading the book soon again I know it, it, it's a young it's it, it's a book for you know uh, for kids, but I am excited to, to read the source material and, and, um, and again, happy that, happy that Disney's trying something different and not just doing some kind of a remake, uh, and just feeling a little bummed that it just wasn't a little better. Classic Cinema Corner. I'm actually going to talk about a guilty pleasure. And this is another movie that's on Disney Plus. But this is a film from 1979. It's The Black Hole. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. I just going to tell you up front, it's really a lousy movie. Okay? I'll just, I'll just say that. It's not that great of a movie. However, I think it's a fascinating movie. And I also think in that... Uh, you look at the hit within the history and the context, which we'll get to in a bit. But also, I am just so crazy about the production design. I love the look of this movie, and so it's for me. It's it's a delight to look at. But 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 other than that, but that's about it as, as far as just being a really interesting um, and satisfying film. This is a movie that was in long had been in development for a long time at the Walt Disney Studios. You know the '70s were were an interesting time at Disney. They were still really re, you know reeling from from the death of Walt Disney, even though he died in 1966. Um, Walt Disney's son-in-law, Ron Miller, uh, who was a producer and who eventually came to be head of the studio, um, he really wanted to take the the Disney family film in a different direction, and so they were working on this space themed movie they went through multiple writers and multiple multiple revisions and uh but then they they finally ended up on you know finally got a script they got a director it's um, directed by gary nelson and uh they brought in some some real a-list talent they brought in um the production design is by peter allen shaw who had retired from the studio and they brought Peter back in. Peter Allen Shaw is a magnificent artist, matte painter, and 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 just overall you know film magician. Uh, he he had worked on Mary Poppins and and other just classic and wonderful and beautiful films from the Walt Disney Studios. Also of note, um, Peter Allen Shaw's son Harrison Allen Shaw 
um, also worked on the film, Harrison Ellenshaw followed in his father's footsteps and was doing production design and matte painting and other artistic work for films. And he he worked on the original Star Wars film, you know, that was released in 1977. So Harrison came to work work uh, work on this project with his dad at Disney, and the work that they did again, I think, is magnificent. The the USS Cygnus, which is the big spaceship that that uh, most of this film takes place on, it's just got the most elegant design. And uh, again, it, it can attribute a lot of it, I think, to to the Ellen Shaws, how just how wonderful how wonderful that looks. But one of the also things about what Ron Miller was wanting to do is that he decided to make the black hole um, to rate it PG. And it, it's the first Disney movie, if you can believe it or not, to be rated PG. And that was just scandalous. You know, they showed, or I saw, I saw some stuff that was talking about how uh, uh, the studio just got flooded with, with, with hate mail. And, and uh, you know, I think parents were very upset. And because, again, you know, the Disney brand is just was associated with with movies being rated G that you could take the whole family to. And so they still, though, they, they, they went with it. Also, uh, f- you know, for me, and again, I wish I really knew all, all of the ins and outs of what was going on in the studio, but speaking of Star Wars, that was really a key point in, in, in pushing the direction that this film went in. Uh, you know, Star Wars was released in 1977, uh, principal production on this film took place in 1978, and then it was released in 1979. So, uh, the uh, you know the story is there's there's a uh, there's a group of of of, uh, of astronauts that are on a that are on a um, a mission. Not, I mean, it almost kind of reminds me of uh, of Star Trek. There's, it's a group of it's a it's a research vessel, and they're looking for like known life in the universe. Um, but they uh, they find a they find a ship that's been that's been missing. It's this USS Cygnus uh, that I mentioned, command, commanded by a mysterious scientist, and the ship is hanging out on the edge of a black hole. And so they they go on the ship and they they uh, um, they find some stuff that's that's rather disturbing. <laughs> I won't I won't give it away. But uh, the actors are you know they they brought in some really great actors for this film. Um, there's Robert Forrester and Anthony Perkins, Joseph Bottoms, and Yvette Mimieux, and Ernest Borgnine are all the. Uh, you know, again, sorry, it's derivative, but kind of like the Star Trek crew that are on that are on on the ship that's out looking for for known life. When they get onto the, when they actually, you know, go to the the big Cygnus spaceship, um, the the captain of that ship is is played by Maximilian Shell, and of course there are robots that are very. You just think you're, you know. Star Wars called and they want and they wanted their Lucasfilm called and they want their robots back, but the, uh, there is there are some cute robots. One named Vincent, who I just think is R two D two, but uh, again with a bit of a Disney touch. I really love, actually quite like the design of these robots. Um, there's also Bob, uh, 
uh, Bob is 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 another robot kind of done in the same style as Vincent, just a little older, a little more trashed, as you see if you've seen the film. And then, of course, the, there's the, the big bad robot, which is named Maximilian, who really is actually rather terrifying, but, but a really cool design. He looks very almost like Darth Vader-esque, but he's a but he's a robot um or you know or it's a robot so uh anyway the, the the all of the production was done at the walt disney studios in burbank california and so they did a lot of, of course a lot of miniatures uh the the backdrop that they used for their outer space shots their model shots and whatnot are amazing they were trying to use the same camera as Lucasfilm used for Star Wars, and they ended up creating their own camera system to to film these to film these models. Uh, incredible number of matte paintings and all sorts of, of really dazzling effects with their production design that that that, that brings it all together, and and even just the the look of the of the swirling black hole. That's this always looming out of the windows of the spaceship and whatnot. I just I just can't get enough of. I just love it so much. So uh, this film has probably one of the worst endings ever. <laughs> you know, I won't give it away if you haven't seen it. But they end up going into the black hole and and uh, Wooshki. It's it's it is weird and and. Uh, frankly unsatisfying and mostly you just like leave with a big question mark but i guess that's 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 part of the guilty pleasure of of uh of the black hole uh it's available on disney plus so you can go you can go check it out i also found a really interesting little documentary about the making of the black hole that's on youtube i don't know how how vetted all of the stuff is I will put a link to it out in the podcast notes on my blog, uh, and you can look at it. You know, if you if you're if you're interested in getting more more details about this about this uh, unique film. does it for this episode of the movies past and present podcast again links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com you can subscribe to the podcast on apple podcasts spotify and google podcasts links are also on the blog also please follow me on instagram i'm at movies pap always i hope you will enjoy some good movies this week whether they be from the past or the present Until next time, thanks for listening and be safe out there.